1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary, void, were prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply See website for details
0: This show is brought to you in association with 5 Stars Promotions To find out all about 5 Stars latest events, including many featuring X-Rangers Heroes, then please visit them on Twitter at 5 Stars Limited that's at 5 Numeric 5 Stars LTD or search for them on Facebook it's as resolute as their hearts back four. This week on Heart and Hand, Rangers continue through this period of games that could best be described as an ollie buck, thick and fast. <laughs> So welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as always and I'm joined this week by two superb members of the Heart and Hand podding elite, if you will. First of all, always great to have them back, it's Big Sexy himself, Alex Staff. Hello big man.
1: Hello David, how are
0: we? I am good, for reasons we shall come to throughout the show. And it is the Dell Boy of Heart and Hand, our, our merch king, with some news for loyal listeners. It's Colin McMillan. Yeah, hi David, hi Alex, how are
2: you both? Um, Tell them then. Oh, so yeah, if you you are one of the lucky ones that ordered the Heart and Hand Colab scarf for the Famous, the version 2, the blue and the orange one, it is in the post this week. So if you live in the UK, you should have it in time for the Cup Final on Sunday. Um, We do have orders from China, Luxembourg, uh, Canada, USA. I can't promise that by the weekend, unfortunately. But all the domestic ones, you should have it in time for the Cup Final. Are we not supposed to get them from China rather than make them here and send them to China? I think yeah. we've got this
0: arse for elbow. I just like that footprint and footprint getting it as big as possible. Uh, ship it here, ship it back again. Uh, no wonder we don't make any money after these bloody things. But uh, it's it's all good and we've got so much to look forward to, lads. But we've got plenty to look back upon. And uh, we'll go back to, to Thursday night in a moment, Alex. But fresh in the mind, uh, Rangers taking on Hearts yesterday at Ibrox. Possibly, I, I don't know about you, I was expecting. I thought Rangers would win because I think hearts are dreadful, and it turned out I was correct in on that one. But I thought that we might have a more laboured performance given that, you know, it's, it's three days after an away European game, there's going to be a reaction. But the manager made a couple of changes, wasn't wasn't crazy with it, didn't uh, make wholesale changes. And it, it was as ideal, I think, as we could have asked for because the game. I mean, I, th- I think it was wrapped up after ten minutes. It was certainly wrapped up after half an hour, um, and the substitutes came on and played with a and spirit and ended up being a a, a very very satisfying afternoon.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it's just some sort of you know post traumatic stress about Hearts, but despite the absolutely horrible season, you still expect them to put up more of a fight than that. And any it, game that it's the name. Will. Alex, it's
0: it's you're absolutely right, and and normally I do. Um, it's only listening to your very fine preview show on on Heartland that makes me realise that the eleven that we're playing. But you, you're so right. We see it in England at the moment with Manchester United, who are a very very poor football team, but they're still Manchester United. And you you know, in your mind, we've grown. You know, we've grown up. Hearts, for example, will be a bigger challenge to us than St Johnston. Doesn't matter how one of them's doing in the league. It just it's Hearts, you know, um, Hebs. Aberdeen, these are always going to be challenges because of the status of the club uh, and and sometimes we've been guilty of playing that I think, playing the occasion in the name rather than, than just playing the 11 that were in front of us but we did that
1: yesterday. Yeah I think you're right there, uh, playing playing the occasion, it, quite often it, it did often happen, how many times did you see uh, crazy team selections when we went away to places like that over the years um, on the back of this, based upon as you say very little other than historic kind of uh, information that's no longer valid. Um, Yes, like yourself, I went there. I expected I think uh, I predicted 2-0 and didn't think it would be up too much uh, and purely because, as you said, a few days after the final game, the weather um, I I couldn't blame anybody who really couldn't be bothered (laughs) in that weather Uh, and uh, and yeah, I just um, I I didn't expect it to be quite so simple or hearts to be quite so inept um last season just over a year ago this was a team who had made a storming start to the league um and it was felt that you know the injury to stephen naismith was the reason why all of that stopped and they're getting players back now etc but they look they looked really really poor i know they've still got a few to come back but um yeah on paper i'm thinking this team should be nowhere near there but when you watch them playing you're now If I was a Hearts fan, thankfully I'm not, I'd be getting a little bit concerned.
0: Oh, they they absolutely looked relegation fodder. Alex has got a really good point there, (laughs) when he mentions it was bastarding freezing at Ibrox. I mean, it was literally freezing. It was below freezing. Um, But the team went out. and, And what impressed me was that they did, they were aware, firstly, of the amount of goals it would take to get up to the top of the league, which I like. And secondly... Once they realised the situation the last 20 minutes, they went for it. They did get more goals. There wasn't the foot off the gas stuff. And what you're looking for in those circumstances, because we do have big games, we do need to, if you like, almost conserve energy.
2: But the guys who came on and added that spark were off the bench. Yeah, that's true because we we, got, we managed to get Alfie we managed to get Kent off the field with the game wrapped up and then like you say the subs came on they all played their part and they were all chomping at the bit to do more you saw Tav as soon as we, I think it was when the fourth goal went in he ran up to celebrate and then pushed them all back to get the game started again because he wanted more and that's just fantastic to see we, we're making up ground week by week we think we made up a goal last week we made up another two goals yesterday and that's what's going to take it's all about these marginal gains when it's as tight as this and you're not going to turn around a goal difference of five, six, seven goals in one game But doing one or two every week Like they're doing and pushing on And we'll get there And it could come down to goals It could be as fine a margin as that The way it's going just now You wouldn't bet against it
0: It's a bit frustrating when Celtic are getting goals against them Ruled out for, I don't know A shadow on the pitch or something uh, sure.
2: uh, These things are even themselves <laughs> out across the season don't
0: so we'll do 406 <laughs> penalties in the next three matches. Then I take it, right? Okay. Um, Alex, the the manager changed the system. I know you you are always uh, a student of this sort of thing, and the manager made a he didn't change the system. That's unfair. But he made a slight alteration. Something we haven't seen all that often, and that was, if you like, he essentially swapped Joe Aribo and Scott Arfield from where we would normally expect them in that lineup. However, he quite clearly told them interact with each other, interchange with each other but be sensible about it. Don't both be charging you know, on. you know, one goes, one stays. And I thought that as the game went on, both of them grew really into that role, and by the end, up, were striking quite a nice partnership.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit reminiscent of, remember Greg Stewart's start against Aberdeen when we also thumped them by five at Ibrox. Um, which is starting to become a bit of a habit, by the way. Uh, and uh, we, uh, Greg Stewart was was kind of continually dropping a bit deeper. Scott Arfield was running beyond. Aribo was trying that yesterday. Hearts played a very high line. Couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. Um, considering you know the runs for people like Kent and Tavernier coming from deep and stuff like that, um, they were quite happy to sit really high up the pitch. When I mean, you've got Christoph Beren centre half, it's a bit of a a bit of a risk. Um and yeah, it worked quite well. I thought that I think Aribo, yeah, he kind of he had to go into the game. Um, I think he's just that sort of player. He's either going to be kind of great or seemingly anonymous. Um, at the moment, he's not found that kind of seven out of ten level. He's still quite young in football in terms, so he's got he's got a bit of time to go. But uh, but yeah, I think it suited him better being a little bit further forward and him being the one playing his back to go more than our field was. Because um, I think he's just a bit better at that. If he can just speed up his play, just that little bit, he'll you know that's the days when he's playing well. That's what he does. He speeds things up a bit. He does it very quickly, and that's when you see his talent. But all of that, that worked. I thought Arfield had his best game in ages um, after a week of a little bit of focus on him, with, with Gerard mentioning, you know, some problems outside of outside of football, some personal problems which are kind of holding him, or he feels are holding him back performance wise at the moment. Um, so so yeah. Uh, it was. I think that was done with that in mind. Give our field a slightly easier role, not something that's you know just sit in midfield, pick the passes, make those runs when they're on. It's not about having to play his back to goal and link up quite so much, which is you know where he slightly fell down this season because he's still when he plays deeper and he's packing. I mean, three or four times yesterday threw balls through their back four, uh, very unlucky with a couple of them. Some of them came off, and um, he's good at that. Uh, but when he's asked to play further forward It's a slightly different skill set And it hasn't worked so far this season So it was a good move by the manager Yeah, I
0: think so And uh, I enjoyed a lot of the football that we played yesterday Colin the, Always there's gripes at Ibrox about you know, some of the passing And it could have been sharper at times But I think when you look at the overall circumstances of the game, you can kind of understand why, but there was some terrific link-up play. I thought Kamara and Davis in midfield, Ryan Jack was giving the afternoon off, which is great because he's not getting one off now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, Ryan, that, that, yeah, you, you're playing every week now until uh, until January, but uh, he was able to, to go off, and that let Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis absolutely dictate the game yesterday, and I thought both of them in midfield were terrific.
2: Yeah they, they both were excellent And I mean that's nothing new for Stephen Davis We've been talking about him for months now He's been doing that pretty much every game Not in the show But Kamara took it on a, a couple of steps yesterday as well for me and Which I imagine you would do Whether there's any truth in it or not But to wake up and hear that Juventus might be interested in you Or you're on a list at Juventus That's going to put a spring in your step And make you want to go out and play that little bit better as well And that's what he did um, He was intelligent with his ball movement yesterday He was taking a minute on the ball as well He wasn't just getting it and playing it away quickly um, he was getting in good positions. Plus, he was putting a little bit of digging and winning balls at times as well, which um, was good because it let Arfield do a little extra stuff in the midfield that we weren't getting from Aribo. The swap with those two did work because it gave Arfield just a little bit more time in the ball when he's deep rather than sometimes see him just try to feed off scraps up front that doesn't work. So, the whole move, giving Jack the rest, those two ran the show, and let Arfield kind of do what he does best. So, the whole thing worked for me yesterday. And it's just great that you can make some changes like that two or three small changes rather than wholesale. Um, And you still go out and win five nil. That's that's a great place to be. Yeah, I I liked the finishing yesterday a lot. Um,
0: Bonabarisich continued. I was going to say I'm on the phone, but it's just how he's playing now, and that's who he is. That was kind of who we expected. And uh, again, I was terrifically impressed with him yesterday. Just the the sureness that he's bringing. He he put over a great ball, and Alfredo Morelos a hat trick of headers this week. Alex, we used to joke about Alfie that it was hit or miss, shall we say, when it came to headed opportunities for him. It clearly wasn't a natural part of his game. But my God, he's worked it. And now when one of those crosses are put up, you're pretty confident that it's going to take a hell of a save to deny him a goal.
1: Yeah, um, I think we've all, of course, we can be slightly guilty of, of uh, over-egging the improvement in Morelos because, you know, that's what we do. We're fans and we love the wee man. But there's no way, no way in this earth you can't look at the guy who <laughs> missed some absolute sitters when we first signed him to what we've got now. And this isn't just this week. This has been all season, probably getting into last season as well. Um, that's That kind of sums up Alfredo Morelos to me. It's just that he's had an obvious part of his game that he needs to work on. He's went away, he's worked on it. There's been no noise about this, you know. There's been no kind of people getting on about it in the media or anything like that about how he's going away and doing these courses for heading or whatever it might be. He's just went away, he's done it in training, whatever it might I don't know, probably some time spent on doing it himself. And the, the difference is huge, absolutely huge. And we spoke about it in the post-match yesterday. There's three different types of headers as well. It's not free tap-ins with headers or anything like that. It's three very different types that some players aren't so good at one or two of them, you know, and, and maybe better at the others. So it was... Uh, all three of the goals were excellent, but that one... I, I want a special word, David, and we never really spoke about it much um, yesterday. Uh, poor, poor Hickey got an absolute run oh, yesterday, didn't he? Uh, yeah, um, when I watched the game back, that uh, poor bastard...
0: Um... That, that,
1: and that started that, with that first
0: goal Ooh, That wow. first goal and then everything and, and the highlight or low light I suppose uh, Of his day was with the fourth goal When he dawdled in the box Shea Ojo stole the ball off him And he went down and he did something That my dog does when it's in trouble Which <laughs> is he refuses To look at you and, and, and he goes on the grounds, if I can't see it, it's not happening. And Hickey, if you watch um, after he's been robbed, doesn't get back up, doesn't attempt to get back up. Instead, lies there holding his ankle in the most unconvincing attempt at pretending he's hurt himself that you'll ever see and then must have just heard the cheer when the goal went in. That's the kind of thing that would drive me nuts as a manager, because, or as a fan, because it's like, you know, you could, if you'd have got up there, okay, you probably couldn't have done much about Ojo, but you might have got a block in from Greg Stewart's shot. Instead, you took yourself completely out of the game because you felt a bit embarrassed at losing the ball. But it just... Uh, yeah, there's talk that we have been after, and I've seen him in some great games, but I think this is something we can forget about young players sometimes, is that this is what they do. They have good weeks and they have bad weeks, and you've got to live with it if you want to bring them through. Maybe something we all need to remember is some of our promising crop make their way
1: into the first team. Definitely. I think... It... We've seen this as well. There's, a, there's this issue or, or there's this suggestion, and it's. I think it comes from a kind of past era. Or if you're if you're uh, good enough, you're old enough, is, is the old phrase, right? I, I think football's changed slightly, um, and I think that. Players need to be given the physical development, and I know that sounds like the "oh, he's saying they're too small" thing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is there's well, a they difference. Are too to, small at the, point at the times, point. Yeah, you grow up. I mean, there's a clue in the <laughs> yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, you fill out as well. You know, even if you've hit your your height that you're going to hit, you still need to fill out. And the sports science is such that even the difference between a 20 year old and a 24 year old on average is huge, unless you're lucky genetically. So, you know, at a young age, so. Uh, you've seen this with Hassle already. They brought it through the boy Cochrane He's now on loan at Dunfermline. He, he got flung into a team he wasn't ready for it. He made a bit of an impression because he's got clear ability, but they bumped him out early, and now he's away on loan down in a league so he can get games. And he's filled out and he's done all the physical work, but he's probably lost a fair bit of confidence because they absolutely flung him in far too early. And they're doing similar like to this boy Hickey as well. Now I know they maybe don't have the options defensively at the moment with all the injuries. But they are really in danger of burning that boy out early and denting his confidence for something that could take a year or two for him to come back from. Um, And and you're right, it's a a lesson that we need to learn because the pressure on those boys at Hearts is nothing like it would be at Rangers. So, you know, we should all just take a wee step back when we're screaming for players like McPake and Nathan young Combs and all that to come in now. They've still got a lot of developing to do just physically, never mind anything else, before they're really ready for it.
0: I've seen um, Nathan Youngcombs a few times this season, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners have as well. And he's really exciting, but he is really small still. You know, he looks a 16-year-old boy. Let's just be patient because he's, he's got a hell of a lot of ability. And uh, it, it might take four or five years to be getting the most out of him. That's cool. We can wait. And that's how your systems are supposed to work. Colin, Ryan Kent is getting better game on game. Um, he's settled right back in because he always wanted to be here and now that he is he's clearly playing without any sort of burden or or um, anything hanging over him we've spoken before about he was a guy who said himself i need to feel set i wanted to feel settled this is the first time in years i have that's why i wanted to stay so much and obviously he came in got injured the manager has admitted again yesterday and maybe i had a part to i should i got excited basically we all did i mean Fans did. We wanted him to play. But he picked up that injury. Now he's... Might turn it to be a blessing in disguise because he's had time to build up. He hadn't had a lot of football over the summer. And now he's playing with a verve and enthusiasm. And we've said this before and we'll continue probably to say it. It, it doesn't always come off for Ryan Kent. It doesn't matter, though. And the fans forgive him because they know they'll, he'll just go back and try again. And it
2: comes off a hell of a lot for him. It does. Um, He's one of the players on the team that gets fans up on their feet when he's on the ball because he's capable of doing things that not many other players in in the team or the league, I should say, do. And he is playing, like he's settled and he's happy. Last season he was... Probably in a bit of a strange place in that he's only ever known Liverpool all his life apart from other loans and stuff like that. He's not had that stability. He knew himself last season that Liverpool was pretty much an end of the road thing for him. It wasn't going to happen. And he was either trying to win himself a move or put himself in a shop window. And that's a lot to kind of take on at that young age. And you're trying to keep yourself in the game at a decent level and make a future for yourself. He's not got that hanging over him anymore. He's a Rangers player. He's got the contract. He's got fans singing songs about him every week. And he's an integral part to the team. And he just seems to be taking it in his stride and getting better and better. Last season, he was a guy that did a lot of key things for us. Like, he was the guy that played the pass before the assist and that made his stats maybe not look so good if you're somebody that just looks at stats and nothing else. This season, he's still playing key balls and key passes, but he's also getting the assists and, even more importantly, scoring the goals. And we needed to see somebody else in the team sort of spread that about. And what's that, three in a week, three in a week that he got? So, fantastic. And I think he's only going to get better.
0: Alex, you and I spoke about this on a pod uh, a few seasons ago now, where we spoke about the lack of players on the side that fans could identify with Uh, that's not to say there weren't players that you would like um clint hill was an example but he wasn't going to get added to the list of legends for example but i think that in kent and morelos and jack to an extent that you've got these players that fans of all ages can identify with but also the guys that do when they get the ball in Kent Manelos, that you do feel it around the stadium. And it's been a long, long time since we've had players who, when they get that, that opportunity, when they get the ball, the whole crowd gets up for it. And it it adds something, I think, to the relationship between the club and the, the first 11.
1: Oh, it definitely does. Um, it gets the crowd going straight away, even just the, the announcement of their name um, at the start of the game. We'll get the, get the fans up a bit more than, than most. Um, I think what we've had over the last few years um, is players that have done it very, very briefly. And by briefly, I mean three or four games you know, like Barry McKay, something like that, you know, where mm. you have a little spurt of games where he was excellent and seemed to be untouchable and then he would go back into uh, his biggest issue clearly as is, uh, is a, is a mental one because he's got the ability. It's clearly a mentality thing. He's just not able to I don't think he can handle uh, the pressures of professional football too well. Um, Harry Forrester for all of three games, um, you know, when you were a wee bit excited by how he was playing. But all of that, you know, all fizzled out and we very quickly saw what we, we, we kinda kinda knew deep down these weren't great players for us. Um the thing with Kent and Morellus is they're doing it all the time now. I mean that's Mireles has been just continually improving. As we speak about Kent is looking like a player that's continually improving. It's ironic, you talk about how he just if he, something goes wrong for him he'll just get the ball the next time, take it and go again. That probably infuriated other managers, but for whatever reason Gerald encourages it. Um, and that's what's working for him up here um, you know some managers would have wanted him to do something the simple thing you know if it's not working on that day you know take that step back just keep possession for us or whatever just plays his game um, and, and Gerard loves it and lets him do that that freedom's showing. but it's the fact that he's doing it so well and so often that that's why these guys are so exciting to us now as you say real real chance I think Morelos has already done it let's be honest if he stays this season Morellos is a hall of famer in the future, I think. Um, when you look at when you look at some of the names that are already in there, um, I think he's he's definitely up there. And if Ryan Kent gives us another season or two at this sort of level, he's got that chance as well. That's not to say legend status. Um, that's obviously a bit of a term that's up for debate in itself. But um, it will certainly feel like it to the younger fans who have missed out big time on and some of the names that we've we've been blessed to see. Um, guys like Kent and many of us are hopefully hopefully going some way to to kind of uh, make it up for your uh, your years of uh, Kevin Kyle John Daly France and Daza, and let's just stop there shall we
0: I, I don't think we need to I don't think we really need any <laughs> more detail on that uh, Calling your mate Greg Stewart he got his opportunity yesterday and I thought he was excellent um, obviously two goals that's, that's going to catch the eye but just his general performance, the urgency displayed, it's the type of game that suits him, where we have a lot of the ball and a team are camped in. He's not the quickest. I think that's probably what stops him getting more opportunities when we need guys like Ken and, and Ojo or, or whoever to, to get up and down the flank and support the fullback. But he is great when you're up against the pack defence. And I. The
2: manager said he was pretty close to a start yesterday he's he's banging that door. He really is and he does offer something different to all of our players. He's got that experience of this league as well Um, he's certainly got experience on plastic pitches and things like that as well which will come in handy over the course of this long season as well Um, he's somebody that I know is frustrated that he's not getting as many chances in the team as he would like and he's doing everything he can he's not letting us down any time he comes on, he's now scoring goals, he's making a difference and more importantly for me, he's coming on and he is trying his utter hardest and it doesn't matter if he's getting on for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour or so he's coming on and just giving it his all, there's no huff, there's no, he doesn't look pissed off that he's not starting, he's just getting on with it and making the most of every opportunity and unfortunately that's not something we've been able to say about other players that have found themselves in that position over the last couple of years, so I think he's one of the players when you look at all the summer signings, you maybe think he's potentially one of the ones that you're not going to get excited about, you're probably not sure of and maybe you'd question whether it was a worthwhile signing or not any time he plays, he's kind of putting that to bed for me. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on Wednesday. I think he could do some damage up there. And I think he's got a point to prove against Aberdeen as well. Yeah, I know that uh, Aberdeen fans
0: used to say his best games at Putaudry came for Kilmarnock. So let's hope we can get a reprise of that on Wednesday night. Before we go ahead to this midweek, let's go back to last midweek, Alex. Uh, Rangers went to Rotterdam to play Feyenoord, managed by uh, our old manager, Dick Advocat. Incredible atmosphere. Before we get into it, some media reports suggested that Rangers faced a stadium closure, um, the next step in the UEFA punishments, um, because of songs allegedly sung at the ground. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't hear anything on the TV. If I had, I think people listening to this long enough will know that we we are honest about stuff like this. I didn't hear anything. Um, it's been announced by UEFA today that Rangers will not face any charge with that, just a charge on... Uh, Flails, uh, that will be a, a fine, but it doesn't uh, get included in the, the the previous sectarian singing charges. um a few days when we were concerned with this this sort of thing, and we've got a box clever now. That's if anything was sung, because as I say, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know um if anything was sung or not, and. Not gonna lie, I'm probably not the person that trusts journalists the most when it comes to stuff like spies, <laughs> Rangers. But uh, the the German observer at the game, a uh, Gerhard Billy King, um, he he <laughs> didn't didn't hear anything either. But yeah, we we
1: can't have this Russian relay every time we travel. No, um, well now we're now at a phase where many of us are saying we should just. Reject away tickets for every European game. And that's. Think about it. I mean, just take a step back and think about that because because we're right in the middle of, of it all. It's easy to see. And there is a very strong justification for that. But see, if you actually take a step back, that's mental, isn't it? I mean, that's. Think of the experiences that people have had there and, and the fact is that, you know, Rangers fans, when they travel, it's, it's usually a cracking experience. It usually heightens the games that we play in. So. So yeah, uh, the fact that we're even having to make have those sort of discussions is quite is depressing. Um, it's good to see that you know whatever has happened, and I'm, I, am like yourself, I wasn't there. I, mean, I know people who were. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, try and dress anything up. I severely doubt that any reports from people who were there. Given how hammered most of them were, were accurate. So you know, I don't know either way. I've heard both sides, so that's fine. But uh, but yeah, I think that um, it's good to see that this this hasn't been as bad as feared, um, And then that kind of, I've probably got to add to some of the frustrations with certain media members, and I understand that, but. Uh, yeah it's, uh, it's good to see for once that we're not mm-hmm. we're not in the end or something here um, because it's been it feels as any time this comes up it just feels like inevitable doesn't it yeah. that, that's us hammered it, yeah, that's It's just what because that's the way it's been this season um, and, and even in the past but even before that but this season it's just felt like oh the rumours out ah well that must be true Um so it's kind of it's just nice to see for once that that's not been the case, and um, we'll probably take a bit of a fine for the uh, the flares, which are a completely different issue, um, and uh, something that I'm not I'm not a fan of. But you know I know that plenty of people are, so that's uh, that's a discussion for for another time.
0: I'm not a fan of, and I don't particularly like the uh, argument of will they bring atmosphere? You, you think that, and that's cool, right? Um, but. Other people don't, so therefore it's up for discussion. And secondly, they're banned. That's the long and the short of it. You've not allowed them in the ground. If you absolutely insist on flares, hire a fucking park and have a display, okay? But stop getting Rangers fined and bringing a spotlight on us for for flares. It's selfish. There's no other argument for it. And I don't buy the whole, it helps create atmosphere and whatnot. We managed to have atmosphere for Years and years and years in football matches without Cairo. Um Maybe I, I, I admit I'm a Rangers dad, I'm an old man. It, it does sort of irritate me slightly. If it was allowed, go for it. Whether I like, you know, if it's allowed and I don't like it, I accept that, okay, I don't like it, but others do. Knock yourselves out. I don't have a problem with it, but it isn't. So therefore don't do it, right? It just brings focus on us at a time when the last thing we need is focus brought on us. In my opinion, but as I say, I'm sure that there's a young team out there going, Who's this old dick? He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, as, well, uh, I... The circle of life. Yes,
1: yes. As, uh, do you know what, though? I, I try and take that out of it, and you're right. It's, I, I'm just not a fan. I try and take even just my, my per- kind of personal opinion out of it, and I think you're, you're doing some other David. It's not acquired, and it's not safe. The simple fact is, it's not safe. You're asking football fans can't be trusted with anything, anything. You know, can't be trusted with a seat, never mind something that's actually lighted up. So, uh, you know, it's just like, let's let's not kid ourselves here. This isn't safe. You're putting this in the hands of people who are that without this is no judgment. We're all driven by emotion when we go to the games and such like. Um, we get uh, see plenty of examples of stupidity that people wouldn't normally do in any other situation. Simple fact is the flares and such like aren't if I'd rather we didn't bother. Um, and I know that. Some people really get excited when they see it, and it's do don't know—I don't know if it, almost in my head it's like an Eastern European football thing, isn't it? Like you know these big displays and stuff where all the flares going off and all that. And I know some people really, really like it and like look at it and get excited by it. But so, you know, honestly, see if I've paid forty-five, fifty quid to go to a game and you put putting a flare off and I can't see anything because of the smoke I'm fuming. Yeah. So you know, um, let's, uh, let's 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 at least take that into consideration before anything else.
0: Yeah, it's going to continue up until there's an incident, unfortunately, say that right now, Um, until there's a serious crackdown. And then when there is a serious crackdown, people are going to get in big trouble for it, which I don't want to see either. That's a concern of mine, because there will be a reactionary thing. If something bad happens at a game, and you get caught with a flare, then you're going to... That's what happens in this country when it comes to sentencing. You know, there is a, a spate of severe stuff handed out, so don't want to see any bear getting in trouble for it. So just... Not getting the head, lads, as I say, after the game. Not that but I admit also I fucking hate fireworks because I own dogs, so I'm yeah. I am biased on this subject. So there you go, I, I will admit to that. One thing, Colin, before we do move on to the game itself, um, look, I not getting into the rights and wrongs about singing and whatnot, but surely it cannot be fair that people who were nowhere near that stadium the other night face not seeing the game. Why? Would a home tie be punished
2: because of behaviour at an away tie? For me, that is radically unfair. Yes, yeah, I mean it's a sort of thing that only happens and would only happen in some sort of football jurisdiction. It wouldn't happen in an actual court of law, about any other way of life. You're basically punishing other people for other people's activities and things they shouldn't be doing. It's it's great that it looks like we haven't been pulled up this time and there's not going to be any sanctions and stuff like that. But I do think it would be ill-advised of the club to not still look into this and find out what was going on. We would have had our own delegates there, other officials from the club and stuff like that. And if there is, action needs to be taken against some people to get this message across that it's, it's not acceptable and it shouldn't be happening because you're, you're spot on if there's a few people doing things. And we don't know if they did or didn't, but if there is, it's just... It's just not inconceivable that a couple of people could do that and it impacts fifty thousand people going to a match and enjoying supporting Rangers, and that's that's just not on for me. I just I don't think that should be allowed. Right, Let's well,
1: not forget we're, though. We're gonna, go on. All we need to do is say it was a bottom two fans. Right? That's
0: true. <laughs> Did you notice again that um, the the Ren fans were attacked in Glasgow by PSG ultras, according to the uh, Sun? I'd love to know where they were staying um... this is, this, I mean this, I feel so sorry For fans who of teams around Europe Who draw Celtic Because it's like a fucking red flag For <laughs> your rivals To travel Now this is what the PSG fans did folks The PSG fans They took time off their work They thought fuck going to watch PSG In the Champions League this week Who? <laughs> None of that they then got flights, accommodation in Glasgow, somehow managed to smuggle weapons through customs, which is a pretty difficult thing to do these days, but did it. Um, thankfully, not for a terrorist incident, you know, because that maybe we should look at the security of flights. Flew to Glasgow and ambushed these poor Wren fans, just as the Hammerby fans earlier on the season had attacked opposition fans at uh, a, a Celtic match. It's incredible how often it happens, and, and I just I feel so sorry for Celtic because obviously you know that, that, that it can't be their fault. Um, as we know, that at best it will have been a football fan involved, a football fan wearing a green and white hooped jersey, which has nothing to do with Celtic. And you would be a Hun and a Mason if you suggested otherwise. Fuck me! Even by their own standards, that was some spectacular
1: holocoming. It really was. I didn't think they could beat the Amabey win uh, You know, I thought that was peak, but no. Somehow they've managed to, to top that again. Um, you know, I just I was trying to imagine. You know, all these PSG fans coming over to Glasgow in the same week that PSG are playing Real Madrid away from home. Which you would have thought, if you're going to travel anywhere, you're going to go there, right? Um, hey, hey, hello, Pierre. Do you want to go and see Real Madrid? No,
0: I am travelling <laughs> to Glasgow to attack the Ren fan. No,
1: I, 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 I coming over it. with our golf clubs, you know. Aye, in, the I t- of, in the middle of end of November, I'm here for a golfing holiday in Scotland. <laughs> Aye, <hey, brother>. <laughs> um, you know but nothing. Just, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm surely not the only one as well who thinks.
0: Right, hang on a minute minute, the, the French wouldn't defend their own country previously, now they're flying out to attack people, come on, right, anyway move on to the game itself, Rangers took on uh, Feyenoord, final where I thought tremendous in that first half maybe help with the fact that we weren't at it Colin in the first half uh, there was a little rabbit in the headlights to Rangers that we don't see very often and if it hadn't been for Alan
2: McGregor we could have been looking at a, a heavy defeat even at half time yeah, Alan McGregor rescued us in that, in that game, not even just in the first half, out the header. The save from the header was genuine, the world-class. And the save-hand game was right shin, kept us in the game at one point as well. He was fantastic, because you're right, we did that thing that we sort of did against Porto at Ibrox as well. When we started a little bit slow, we couldn't get a grip on the game. And maybe just that step up in class, playing a decent European side compared to the kind of nonsense we play week in week out took us a little bit longer than it should do to get used to um but i suppose you can only credit the team as well that even when that happens they're holding it and holding it together long enough to still get results in these games and not phone it away and only losing one goal by half time. kept us in it we got our act together in the second half and we got a really good result so fair play to the team for coming back from that from what was definitely a shaky shaky start That
0: remarkable little man, though, at the start of the second half, Alex, that plays up front for us, just went, oh, fuck this, I'm not losing, Uh, and decided he would go and and take the game with the scruff of the neck. And, look, Dick Advocat won trophies at Rangers, and, you know, you're allowed to be disappointed after a match. But he said, uh, I hadn't even seen Morelos up until he scored those goals. Well, yeah, Dick. (laughs) That's why he's (laughs) top class. He hadn't had a sniff. And then he got to... I, I, I hasten. Sorry, I, 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 I'm slow to call them chances because they were opportunities at best. But you know there would be no criticism of them had he not put them away. But two superb headers. Um, and then Alex, we got overexcited. We had eight players in and around their box when we were two one up away from home in Europe. You cannot get done on the counter when you're winning and you don't need to push for the game with 20 minutes to go?
1: No, it's one of those, as you say, slightly overexcited. You think you've got secure possession, one loose pass, then a couple of people dive in and then before you know it, you're in trouble. Um, Connor Goldson, as we've seen before, just doesn't seem to like fouling people in the halfway line in that situation. Um Liam, it's that he doesn't Liam. like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he either doesn't like it or he doesn't identify just how much danger it is. This isn't the first time we've seen it. Anymore. He lacks himself to deal with it. You know, he yeah. thinks I've got 40 yards to deal with
0: it. I've got Philip with me, which he did. But, I mean, look, it was a hell of a finish by the boy when he got there. My complaint wasn't that. My complaint was how he got there.
1: Yeah, it had to be, it had to be just a wee foul on the halfway line, a wee tactical foul. Kamara had done it earlier in the game in the first half, chasing back on the break a little bit and just decided, I'll take him out here, I'll take the yellow card. Uh, Goldson had to do similar there. But at that point, it reminded me a lot of Celtic's goal against us in in the last game of last season. Sorry, second last game against him last season um, where people were blaming Warrow for backing off, backing off. But if you looked earlier on, Goldson had a chance to just foul Edward in the halfway line Mm -hmm. and didn't take it. Got done. And then suddenly as a centre-half you're kind of in a bit of trouble when you're having to run at them across like that. And you're get, well, by the time you get to them, they're in the box. You can't really put a boot on them anymore. And You're right, it was a great finish by the boy, but, uh, but yeah, it had to be dealt with a bit quicker. Um, but see, to be honest, if we're honest over the 90 minutes, if we'd come away from a win with that game, in that game, it would have been a bit of a robbery, wouldn't it? That first 45 could have been a doing, as mm. you pointed out, David. It could have been a hammering. It was the first, the only time under Gerrard he'd watched us and thought, oh... This looks familiar, away from home in Europe, when we can't string two passes together. It's the first time we've seen that under Gerard really. Um, and it was uh, a, a testament, as Colin said, to the team that they were able to come out second half and improve as much as they did. But uh, but yeah, it was um, a, a point. Fair enough, it's put us in a good position anyway. It's helped us out a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a, a fair enough result. Just, as you say, there's been a couple of times this season seeing games out, and both times in Europe, it's, it's cost us goals where yeah, we should just be a little bit smarter about it. If somebody needs cleaned out or something like that, just do it. Um, Gerard certainly will be telling them that. So, you know, why they're not, it's, it's just a, a kind of mentality thing that some players need to learn. That was a public service announcement
0: brought to you by the Ian Hogg Society for halving the <laughs> bastards on the halfway line. Uh, he'll be delighted to, to hear that from you, Alex. Colin, though, no, that's four points at a six against Porto and Feyenoord. That is exceptional. And it gives us the opportunity to... It still rankles me, actually, that we didn't take anything from the game against Young Boys because as, as far as I've seen in the five matches, he's the poorest side we've faced. And if you had offered any Rangers fan the opportunity of beating Young Boys at home in the last game to win the group, not just to qualify, but to win the group and a draw would do you even to go through, we would all have taken it, but we've had to really scramble to earn that. And look, as Alex mentioned there, he sort of touched upon... Some of the things we've witnessed in Europe over the years, more expensive Rangers teams than this, four points against two. Let's be honest, Champions League level sides over the two games is
2: exceptional. It's yeah, it's unheard of. We we don't we we have this season in this competition. We have actually got better as the competition's gone on, and that's not what we normally do. We tend to start relatively well in these groups we mess up the middle two games, usually the double header type game in the middle and then we're scrambling and then lose uh, triumphantly lose for the last game we mess it up but that's not happening this season we've really really done well, we've stood up and we've not looked out of place against any of these sides, give or take that first half against Feyenoord but over the, the course of 90 minutes in all the games, we've not looked out of place, we've looked as if we should be there and it's funny, a lot of people looking in from this at this group from the outside in will think that the whole table is actually upside down, at the order those teams are in, not many people would have predicted this table looking like this just now, and probably finishing like that. And you say, would you have taken a, a last game and needing a win to top the group? Of course you would have. You would have laughed at the offer of it because it just sounds so ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a great position. I see absolutely no reason why we can't do it. Especially now we know that we're going to have fans in the stadium. Yeah, and um, the place will be rocking. I mean, it's been loud. The other two home games in this group. This one is going to be something quite, quite unique. Especially if other things go away this weekend. And it's one I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be a top top night at the stadium. I'm just looking up flails on Amazon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: for,
0: for, for, for the, can't beat them, join them, I see. You're old enough to still have some in your wardrobe. That is true <laughs> oh. and more importantly, I know I would hurt myself. There's, there's just no no doubt I, I would hurt myself trying to light it. I'd either set my arse on fire or you know burn down my house. So oh. no, I, I, I won't be going near them, in all honesty. Alex, we're off to Pataudry on Wednesday night. Um, Generally one of our tougher fixtures, but I must admit I'm approaching it quite confidently. I, I think that we had a much better side than we were last season. I think Aberdeen are a slightly worse side than they were last season. They did lose some key players. And I think that Shinny in particular has been an enormous miss for them. Um, I'm pretty confident. Yes, it's Aberdeen. Yes, we know Cup final. Yes, we know they'll give it everything. But I think if we go out there, keep our heads and just play football, we'll, we'll beat them and beat them comfortably.
1: There's the big part there. Uh, keep our heads and play football. That's, that's going to be a huge thing here uh, because unsurprisingly... Uh, Aberdeen under Derek McInnes they like to give away a foul don't they they like to break up play uh, the biggest surprise from them when Celtic went up there and ripped them to shreds recently was that Aberdeen stood there and watched it uh, it was embarrassing I, I,
0: hang on because after- we've never seen that before ah you know I'm, day, <laughs> yeah a okay, no, bigger biggest surprise would be if they do it against us yes yeah
1: a huge surprise would be if they did it against us. I suppose you're right. Yes, my apologies there. That's absolutely spot on. Um, But they did, they stood there and watched Celtic playing. Celtic opened them up time after time. 4-0, I think it finished, didn't it? Um, And it was kind of flattering for Aberdeen by quite some distance. It was an absolute embarrassment watching that first half. Even just, I mean, obviously I'm not a neutral Watching Celtic v Aberdeen, it's just hatred against utter hatred, right? But uh, even even just watching it as someone who enjoys watching the you know, games of football, that was embarrassing to watch. It was just like, you know, that's not a game of football, that's a training session. Um, it won't be like that for us up there Wednesday night, Toddy, but I do wonder if what we spoke about at the start of the show is also kicking in as well, David. You're right, this is not a great Aberdeen side, this is not a team that we've got anything to fear, even last season and the season before, Aberdeen were were stronger, and you knew they could give you a game, physically strong and they're allowed to play that way by referees up here, so all of that kind of contributed all they've really got at the moment is Cosgrove scoring a lot of goals for them, and that is about it
0: that's basically it, if you can if you're good in terms of contestant and second ball, which is the key thing uh, if we dominate second ball in midfield, then they've got very little. And defensively, I'd fancy our boys to to do well against them. But it will be a raucous atmosphere, Colin. We need to keep our heads.
2: We do, we need to keep our heads, we need to be sensible, we need to not, not lose heads as a support as well if it takes 20 minutes, half an hour, to get some movement in the game and actually to get ahead but we have nothing to fear of the Aberdeen side, we are what, nine points ahead of them we game in hand, we've scored almost double the goals, we've conceded less than half it's just, there's, there's no competition we did a really almost indefensible thing the last couple of years and let them almost get close to rivaling us and being a team we worried about playing against and stuff like that and those days are long, long gone already for me and the big thing for me on Wednesday is getting up there, getting the result getting Morelos off that pitch without any cards ahead of Sunday as well is a big thing for me that's the, maybe the one fear I do have going into the game and that's maybe been unfair to Alfredo because he has a changed man this season and he's not really done anything himself to give me that fear but it's that atmosphere, that team and these referees that give me that little bit of worry about it so for me get the game over and done with early get those players off the pitch and move on that's that's the way to treat Aberdeen, they don't deserve any more respect or any more respect attention other than that. Totally agree. Now folks, just before we go just to
0: let you know that uh, if you wish to join us over on the Patreon site, which of course we encourage you to do uh, annual subscriptions are available for Christmas. Now Patreon don't actually offer a service to do this but uh, our man Hoggy has come up with a workaround to be able to do it so if you're interested in either getting an annual subscription or purchasing one for a friend for christmas email them it's hoggy at Uk. that's hoggy at Uk. if you want to sign up and you really should then just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll be able to get access to all the content uh, the archive alone is worth there's 1500 hours of amazing content in there already so come and see us right uh, my thanks then to our executive producers in london Mike lee and paul miles and my thanks to my two guests today first of all colin mcmillan thank you cheers and alex staff always a pleasure thank you We'll be back on Thursday with a look at Aberdeen and a look ahead to a game you probably are aware is taking place this Sunday. So until I speak to you again, have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.